Welcome to the High Tech Freedom Podcast. This is a podcast where we bring successful tech sales professionals, thought leaders, and entrepreneurs to share best practices, insights, and lessons learned with other tech sales professionals. As a sales professional, the more we learn, the more we earn. Once we earn it, how can we put those hard-earned commission dollars back to work to build additional income streams that will create the freedom we are all working to achieve? I'm your host, Chris Freeman. I'm a high-tech sales leader, real estate investor, and lifetime learner. Welcome back to the High Tech Freedom Sales Podcast. I'm really excited to, today to have my guest, Harrison Ryder. Harrison, how are you doing? I'm doing well. It's nice to, uh, nice to be here. Well, thank you again. Well, let's just jump right into it. Why don't you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got started or how you got into the sales profession? Sure. Uh, So I have 35 years of sales and sales management experience, primarily in the enterprise software applications. So with that, I've touched the insurance space. I've touched uh, the legal space, the manufacturing space, as well as the regulatory and compliance space. I always just love sales, you know, the idea of understanding people's needs and the desire to meet those needs with either the product or service that, uh, that I was offering. So I've just built a, a, a long career in sales and just have really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah it's one of the best, uh, best professions. So today you're working or you're running Elevation Sales Group. What, what are they? Uh, what's the focus there? Yes, as Elevation Sales Group, I'm owner and founder of the company. The focus is being an outsourced VP of sales. I'm also a sales acceleration advisor. Uh, Roughly about two and a half years ago, I had the opportunity to say, what do I want the second half of my career to look like? And I've always had an entrepreneurial spirit about me. And I've always been motivated by the David and Goliath scenarios, if you will. So the idea of in in corporate America of being able to change an industry through our software applications or being able to capture market share has always been appealing to me. And I found myself gravitating to smaller and smaller companies because I really like working with the sales teams. Oftentimes, what happens is that as somebody is successful in sales, they're promoted into management. And what happens is they spend less and less time with the sales teams that they, they, they want to work with. And so now I have the opportunity to give back my 35 years of sales and sales management experience to owners of small to medium-sized companies and help them solve a sales challenge as an outsourced or fractional VP of sales. No, that's great. Well, so just a level set. So how do you how do you personally define small to medium size in terms of maybe revenue? Yeah, typically I say anywhere from five million to fifty million in revenue. Okay. Okay. So still a decent size uh, in terms of revenue when you're getting up to fifty million. Um, all right. Sure. So you get hired. Then I imagine you're you're getting hired by leaders. You know, in some cases maybe owners of the business, CEOs, to come in and and maybe address structural sales challenges. In short, you know, things just aren't working out to their expectation. So when you do go in as a fractional VP, what are some of the common problems or challenges that you sort of find yourself jumping into that you have to now fix and make better? Sure. Well, initially, what tends to happen is there's something going on with revenue. Either sales have been stagnant for a number of years, 
or revenues are declining, or in some cases, sales are spiking. And the organizations, the owner or CEO is smart enough to realize that they don't have the right sales infrastructure in place to be able to support that growth year after year. Uh, typically, there's a lot of anxiety when I'm introduced to these companies. And I, I truly function as a fractional resource as opposed to a consultant. So I like to say that I'm not writing a wonderful white paper. And if they implement it, they're going to have wonderful success. But I'm actually coming on board and in some cases, focusing solely on the sales infrastructure. In other cases, after that's done, I'll stay on and manage the sales team for a certain amount of time as we execute on the plans that we've developed. But typically, what I find being a, a process-oriented person is that there's things that are lacking in the sales organization. It could be something as simple as they don't have the right bodies and the right seats. They don't have a compensation plan that is in line with what the organization wants to achieve. You know, a common example would be that an owner is frustrated because he or she is not seeing the new logos that they want to see. But when you look at the compensation plan, it's really rewarding the salespeople to grow from existing business. Uh, so it's putting those things in place. It's putting a, a, a CRM system in place that reflects the unique sales process that an organization has. It also factors in what are their ideal customers buying process. You know, so often I've walked into situations where the sales team will say, well, you know, we're confident that we're going to close this deal this, uh, this next month. But, you know, the deal's in procurement and procurement takes two months uh, where the salesperson isn't necessarily aware of that. So mm -hmm. a, a lot of hopes and dreams, but not necessarily reality. Yeah. I mean, everything you talked about are all the challenges that your typical sales manager, you know, is kind of managing around and trying to support and drive. So that's interesting. What would be a situation where you're having those initial discovery calls with the business owner, the CEO, and they're explaining what they think are some of their challenges. And as you start to dig in, what would be a situation? where you decide, eh, I'm not going to do it. You wouldn't take it on. Yeah. Typically, when I'm introduced uh, to a customer or a potential prospect, you know, we have that initial conversation even before the discovery call where it's, you know, understanding what are the sales challenges? You know, where does an organization want to be? Where are they now? And really having a conversation about what are the consequences if you don't make the changes? You know, what does that look like? And then ultimately, how motivated is uh, an owner or CEO to make changes? And if those things don't come into alignment, then typically I'll back away and say it, it just doesn't make sense. Uh, as you can imagine, I tend to see on average anywhere from a 25 to a 30% increase in revenue, organic revenue in the first year. So there's dramatic change that happens within an organization. And if that support or commitment is not there, then it's not going to be successful. Yeah. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. Well, Harrison, when you are engaged in an account, you get exposed to a number of different salespeople, right? And then it's maybe you're, you've got a couple that you're working with at a time. And so I imagine over time, you've met a lot of different salespeople out there. And sometimes maybe they're not bad salespeople. It was just a bad structure, bad compensation plan. So it might not be the sure. bodies. But you've seen a lot of salespeople out there. And I always like to ask the question, you know, from what you've seen, and you've seen some great top talent, what separates the top 
20% of sales professionals from the rest of the pack? You know, I like to say that there's a sales DNA, if you will, that, that indicates whether somebody is going to be successful. And that is something as simple as, you know, do they have the commitment to want to be successful? Uh, are they motivated to be successful? And do they have the ability to, to be in the moment, if you will, and to have the difficult conversations that is required to move an opportunity forward? Also, are they motivated by a desire to succeed versus a desire to be liked? And so those are the things that I think really separate the top salespeople. Yeah. And uh, I recently took a, a training class on uh, interviewing and recruiting and Really, the focus is around recruiting a talent. And, you know, those are definitely traits that, you know, sometimes you get enamored by a good message, a good story. But, you know, that at the base level, you know, ferreting out those skills or those internal motivators during the interviewing process is so incredibly important because it leads to long term success with the company. And, and I'm a big one on, you know, there truly needs to to be a sales leader in place. I mean, I've, I've had situations where owners have hired salespeople and not having a sales background, they have really been sold on this person's ability to sell, if you will. And, um, you know, early on, I've realized this is not a good hire. We should not hire this person. But maybe the owner or CEO has heard something that they liked and thought that they could develop this person. And, and, Usually, those uh, end up failing very quickly. And uh, if if a company stays too long with somebody, then unfortunately, it tends to be very costly. Yeah, that's a really, really interesting point because as a sales executive, you've been there, done that, right? You've heard that that story, that line before. So I'm guessing, you know, you're the owner, right? You're you're out there looking and talking to new clients, but you're also the chief salesperson in your business, sure. right? Uh, I'm curious, how are you finding new clients? What are you doing to get leads? Before we jump into the topic, I wanted to let you know that we just launched a monthly drawing for one of our insulated high-tech freedom tumblers. Now, I've been sending these out as a thank you gift to each of our guests, and the response has been great. You know, everyone has a full-size coffee cup, a Yeti, or whatever brand that they might use, but not everybody has the small tumbler that you can put your wine or beverage of choice in. And they're great for the deck, beach, camping, or just, you know, just keeping your drink warm or cold. Now, I'm not selling these, but I am excited about them. So we decided to offer these up to the loyal podcast listeners by doing a monthly drawing. So if you're interested, go to hightechfreedom.com forward slash mug, that's M-U-G, and you'll see a picture of the Tumblr and you can enter. We'll just collect your name, phone number, and email. And if you do win, we'll then follow up and ask for your mailing address so we know where to send it. If you don't win, your name stays in so you don't need to re-enter. You know, it's interesting. I'm really utilizing a model of uh, referral partners or strategic partners. And so what I've uh, done is I've identified people that tend to touch a small to medium-sized company and tend to do engagements with companies as opposed to transactions. So for example, the fractional resources tend to be wonderful sources of introductions. I refer to them as centers of influence. Also, the EOS implementers tend to be a wonderful source of introduction because these are people that are doing engagements. They see what's going on within an organization 
And if there are sales challenges, they can say, I'd like to make an introduction. Let's at least have a conversation. And quite frankly, I look to do that as I service my clients. Uh, obviously, my expertise is in the sales side, but oftentimes I find that problems in the sales organization tend to permeate throughout the, or the, the rest of the organization. The other piece that I'm a huge one on is that we always have to add value in whatever role that we're in. So if I'm increasing sales in the sales organization, I need to be having that conversation about how is that impacting operations? How is that impacting finance? And then look to make the introductions where it's appropriate. Interesting. So when you talk about EOS, you're talking about traction? Yes, very much so. So then you're working with, um, I guess, service integrators that help companies deploy and operationalize that. And then as a result of doing that, they see maybe gaps in the sales organization and they reach out to you? Very much so. So utilizing their terminology, you know, they tend to have rocks, quarterly rocks. rocks. Right. And if there's ever a an issue with accomplishing those rocks in the sales organization, that's typically a, a great time to make that introduction. Yeah. The other piece, just being exposed to clients and and kind of the way they run uh, EOS runs their uh, operating system, is um, I run all of my meetings with an L10 format. I find those are extremely productive. I also will bring in software that supports that with clients, even if they're not running EOS, because again, I just see how powerful it is. And L10 being just a a, a certain type of structure to the meeting. You know, for example, I, I hold a quarter, uh, I'm sorry, a, a weekly sales meeting with my team. And each member of the team brings uh, a scorecard, the values of a scorecard. And that's typically five items. They tend to be uh, leading indicators of what needs to happen on a weekly basis for, for somebody to achieve their goals. And, um, you know, we tend to just look at that, see if there's anything that's trending that, that tends to be a problem that, uh, that needs to be addressed. Okay. Really interesting. Well, so you know, I want to go back. You're using and leveraging a third-party company out there that's doing service as a source of leads. And you know, if I translate that into you know your typical field sales rep, whatever industry you're in. So I'm in high tech. A lot of my friends are in that tech space. There are other vendors. Of course, there's resellers or business partners that maybe actually resell what it is that you do. But there's other people that are touching your account in some way that are not competitors. They're doing some other mm-hmm. service. And I just know so many top sellers that are so connected to those people. You know, they'll meet up and have coffee and they're talking sure. about so-and-so is doing this and so-and-so is doing that. And, you know, they're sharing. I mean, it's just old-fashioned networking. Sure. But they're getting the intel of what's happening in their accounts. So they're much more targeted with how they prospect. It's intelligent prospecting versus just kind of picking up the Very phone and randomly so. calling people. Very much so. I love that. All right. Well, shifting gears a little bit. So I was doing a little bit of research on you, Harrison, and I was looking at your a report that you had on your website, the fifth annual state of sales, small to medium-sized businesses. And really fascinating. In fact, I was blown away. Uh, I think one of the opening stats says that 76% of organizations rate their overall sales organization as poor. And these were not all small companies. I mean, some, I think you said in the report up to maybe a hundred million, but it was the CEO president or the COO saying that that's not good. <laughs> sure. 
Yeah, um, very much so. I'm sure there's more than one issue, but can you give an example of maybe you've already touched on it, but what is frustrating most of those COs? Is it just that revenue lack of revenue growth or is there something else that is starting to trickle up when you do that report? I think what it is, is just really providing kind of that insight into the sales organization. So, you know, for example, a CEO might rate that, you know, their their team doesn't have a unique value proposition in the marketplace. And then when they hear how their uh, how their sales reps deliver a unique value proposition, it tends to be pretty bad. And that would be one example. Another example might be that, you know, do they have a CRM system in place and are they using a CRM system? And I think you'd find that surprisingly, organizations might have it, but they're not using it to its fullest extent. And kind of their unique sales process is not captured in that. Um, and so as a result, the salespeople are not using that. So how that impacts um, the, the C-suite is that they're having a difficult time being able to forecast because they, they, they don't have an accurate pipeline. They don't have that transparency into the pipeline. So it's difficult to be able to forecast expenses in the organization if they don't know that the revenue is going to be coming in. Yeah. Well, there was uh, also a topic in there that uh, that I thought was really interesting. I think it was 84% of the companies don't have a documented sales process. And, you know, by the way, that's not a problem in just small to medium-sized companies either. Sure. And then, you know, I, I think you also had stated that some companies do have a process, but maybe the reps don't necessarily know about it or it's not trained. And we talk a lot about, you know, just the importance of having a, a sales process. And I do think that sometimes as a sales rep that, you know, if you are not getting that sales process or getting that, that best practice from the company, man, that part of your job is to go figure that out. Right. Sure. And then go. What I find is that, um, you know, it's hard to improve behavior if you can't really measure what's going on. So, you know, having clear definition around each step within a sales process is critical because it allows everybody to say and speak the same language to say, if a prospect is at this level, we understand what that means. But we also understand what needs to happen for the prospect to move down the sales funnel. And when everybody has that clear understanding, then you know you've got confidence that you know things are accurately moving down the uh, the sales pipeline. The other piece is that it allows anybody who's touching that client, whether you know whatever stage they're at, to know that they're going to be involved in that process. The other piece is that management can now see where are we losing deals at what stages in the pipeline and how can we strengthen what we're doing, a, a sales rep's ability at those various stages to make sure that a deal moves forward. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's, uh, you know, that is one of the biggest challenges because if everybody's doing it a different way, it's really hard to provide, to, to identify those future indicators that, you know, there could be a problem or there could be an opportunity. I mean, it goes both ways, but you just don't know because everybody's... Sure. Kind of doing it, doing it their own way. And, and quite frankly, what I find are that good salespeople, when they're hired, they want to hit the ground running. They want to sell very quickly and get up to speed. And if they're trying to figure out, well, if I bring on a client, how do we, how do we sign a contract? How do we implement this client? You know, all of those key things that salespeople need to know, you know, if those things aren't in place, it, it tends to be very frustrating. And unfortunately, good salespeople tend not to stick around because 
you know, clearly they 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 want to provide a quality service and they want to get compensated for it. So they're looking to sell. Yeah, that's a great point. The um, you know, I guess I'm curious. So let's say, you know, from a field seller perspective, you're working at a company and you know, let's just assume that a lot of leaders feel that way about their sales organization. You know, what could a seller be doing maybe in the short term to rise above that perception? Because they can't fix the organizational issues, but how do they rise above the negative view of the sales organization? Sure. I think what they really need to do is, you know, understand what are the behaviors that need to happen. And any good salesperson is going to do this understanding what they need to do in order for them to achieve their quotas and make sure that they're doing that and make sure that they're documenting those things. The other piece is that make sure they're using a CRM system because you know that allows them to be able to look back and look forward as to uh, what needs to happen from a strategic standpoint to successfully win deals. And I think if they tend to approach it at that level, you know, more of the organization is going to come around that. Yeah. Well, when you go into a company and and you're trying to help them maybe turn things around and improve it, do you sometimes find yourself maybe grabbing somebody that is finding a way to be successful and figuring out what is working and kind of bringing them into some of your process development? Very much so. So all of my engagements start with a, a deep analysis into, you know, what, what's, what does a company have in place and what are they missing? And that involves a uh, an assessment tool, but it also involves interviews with all of the management team as well as the sales teams, looking at things like documentation in terms of performance reviews, um, commission structures, pipeline reports, you know, client interviews, those things to understand what what is in place and what's missing. And oftentimes, you find people that are really looking to excel, but for whatever reason are having difficulty and and. You know, quite frankly, I'm a huge believer in coaching and mentoring to create lasting change in behavior. Oftentimes, uh, organizations will hire sales um, sales trainers, but it's really just checking a box. You know, they'll say, "Well, we train our our, our sales team once a year," and it tends to be just a kind of a, a general training. It's not focusing on particular needs. So, again, getting back to Doing that coaching and mentoring, doing that pre-call planning as well as um, post-call debriefing and strategizing about how we can move opportunities forward is just critical in creating a high-performing sales team. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, if you're one, of, and I'm kind of thinking out loud, if you know, to the audience, but if you're one of those reps where you know you truly do have that drive to get better, um, do more, and maybe you do find yourself in an organization that seems like it's lacking a little bit on structure, maybe a little bit of a challenge. You know, the opportunity there is to step up and provide some guidance, provide some opinion, because, you know, a lot of times, you know, the executive management, they don't know, which is why they're hiring guys like Ryan Harrison. So if you can step up, provide some examples, provide Mm -hmm. some direction, provide some opinion, usually when they bring on a consultant or somebody like Harrison, they are, looking for certain reps to kind of be a sounding board to see, sure. you know, are things going to work and always raise your hand because it's going to raise your stock within the company and, and, you know, good things always come from that. Very much so. Great advice. Just, yeah, it's, I've seen it play out well 
for so many reps, so many times. So, well, Harrison, um, I really appreciate uh, your time today. Is there anything else that you would like to pass along? Anything else that's top of mind for you? I, I wouldn't, you know, Chris, I, I appreciate the opportunity to speak with you, you know, as, as a, a, a fellow brother who loves sales and has built a career in sales. Yeah, it's just rewarding. And it's, it's, uh, it's, it's wonderful to, uh, to, to speak with you. Oh, my, well, my pleasure. Um, we'll have your contact information in the show notes, but is there a preferred way that you would like people to reach out to you if they want to get connected? They can either visit my website or reach out to me via email. That would be wonderful. Okay. Yep. And we have both of those in the show notes. Harrison, thank you. Have a great day. Thank you very much. Thanks again for joining us today. To get more sales and real estate tips, you can subscribe to our newsletter at hightechfreedom.com. You can also join our private Facebook and LinkedIn group that is exclusively for sales professionals. If you found a nugget of good information in the podcast, please subscribe, give us a positive rating and write a review. If there is a topic that you would like us to cover in the future, please send us a note through our website at hightechfreedom.com. Until next week, make this your best week ever. Thank you.